Uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Being Church podcast. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tom, and today we've got a very special guest with us, Father James Misko. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Father, Ooh. what do you think of our studio? The studio is amazing. I'm looking at a, uh, a lamp <laughs> that uh, looks like it's from like 1962. It's got fleur-de-lis <laughs> all over the lamp. 1962. And it has this shade that has like these plastic beads going around <laughs> the rim of the shade. It's like that one on that movie where the guy gets shot in with his eye. What is oh, that? A Christmas story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's, it's not the, a leg though. It's it not a leg, a... but the the lamp head. We used to have lamps like that. I think that lamp is just simply spectacular. <laughs> and uh there's a lot of other we have a lot we're here on the second floor of the original convent building here at St. Louis. This is where, what? this was probably a nun's bedroom in which we're recording right now. No way. Cell. This was a convent. This was the convent, yes. When I went to school here in nineteen eighty four, you know I'm a graduate of St. Louis yeah. Catholic School. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I was the uh, the, valedictorian? Best, the best mediocre athlete in the history of St. Louis. <laughs> what sports did you play? Played football and basketball. Oh. Did they not have baseball? They did not. Not until you went to where? Anderson? Uh, I went to no, Westwood, Round Rock Westwood. Westwood. Oh. He was a baseball player. Yeah. I was the best yeah. mediocre player there as well. Oh, excellent. I was always good enough to start, though. That was good. Oh, that's good. Wait, well, that's not mediocre. What order was here? Uh, I don't know. All I, all I remember was that Sister Basil was in charge of the milk in the cafeteria and Alex McNair, Evelyn McNair's son, yeah. was like her personal assistant. He took the he took the quarters. When you rolled up to get your milk, it was a quarter for like a little mini pint or something like that. Uh, we had Sister Odelia who was here. She was the librarian. That's awesome. Uh, Sister Doreen was one of the uh, primary school teachers. So did you eat lunch where our current students eat lunch? Right down there in there, yeah. Of course, my family we never uh, we never bought our lunch. We always you brought, brought our it. lunch. Yes, and I, I brown bagged it every day. I was the king of the brown bag. <laughs> um, so we have you here, Father, because the name of this podcast is Being Church. Right. So, so one day when I was invited onto the podcast, I said, um, "So, what does that even mean?" I'm supposed to, I'm since seminarian Will left, I'm in charge at the end. We say, go be church. You've heard. You're See? a frequent yeah. listener. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I just was like, well, can we have the originator come in yeah. and explain to the parish people listening? Sure. Sure. Well, I think that uh, church, of course, as you know, comes from the Greek word ecclesia, mm-hmm. which means gathering of people. So the church is not a, uh, a building. Uh, it's a church building. But church is not a building. Church is people. Mm -hmm. And uh, people live together. People are together. We exist together. So uh, church is not something that we uh, choreograph, although the liturgy certainly has uh, rubrics that we follow. Church is not something that we sort of plan out, although we want to be organized and we want to plan out the church and we want to plan our ministries and things like that. Uh, church is something that just happens. Uh, we live among each other in a society, a group of people, and we come together uh, to worship God. And that is brings all kinds of, of, of challenges. Mm-hmm. Because as it turns out, I always say this to people, I say, yeah, as it turns out, the church is filled with people. That's right. Oh, yeah. And, That's right. And, and people uh, oftentimes carry with them uh, both Functions and dysfunctions. All of the same <laughs> oh, man, that is and, real PC. It's and, real nice. And gentle, so yeah, this is gentle. the challenge that we have. So anyway, so I was given a homily once. I, I literally don't even know where this came from. I just think that I just, 
I just let it fly during a homily <laughs> or something where I say, you look, we're not playing church here. We're being church. This isn't play church. Right. We are here to be church. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe I was thinking that play church might be something like where, oh, I don't know, um, uh, the nice, pretty things of liturgy would be more important than, um, you know, walk, walking with someone who was struggling with real difficulties in life. Or that we would think that maybe the landscaping is more important mm-hmm. than um, accompanying people uh, through their, their sacraments. Or right. that we would think that maybe, you know, resurfacing the parking lot is more important than um, feeding the poor. Yeah. Now, you may or may not know this, Tom. But we have beautiful liturgy here at St. Louis. It's incredible. And we have amazing landscaping at St. Louis, right? We do. But Seminary Will said that when he left, he goes, Father, I'm going to bring a number of things with me from this experience at St. Louis. (laughs) But one of them is going to be always have beautiful landscaping. That's right. Uh, And we have... we resurfaced the parking lot mm-hmm. two years ago. These are important things. Yeah, absolutely. So when you hear we're not playing church, we're being church, it doesn't mean that the things that we do here at St. Louis um, that um, are on the surface, mm-hmm. like you know vestments or uh, the music that we have at Mass or uh, the landscaping or, or any of those things aren't important. Those are really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um but if we only stopped at the surface and never really got down into the depth of what it means to be a people on journey to God together, then that would be a problem. That's kind of where we're not playing church, where being church came from. I don't know. Does that make any sense, Alisa? Yeah, absolutely. So what is it like? I was thinking the other day, we're parishioners here. What does it look like? I have two questions. What does it look like to be church here at St. Louis for, for Elisa Molina or Tom or any other parishioner? And what does it look like to be church when we leave? Because I'm assuming by what you said that, um, so, that we're so expected, important. that we're expected to be church outside of the actual church building. Well, like for example, the, uh, this would be kind of a, a really good way to, to look at it. Um, the church has certain protocols that it wants to follow um, on things like, say, baptism. And so when everything is working right in, the, in, in our lives, then we should follow those protocols. Those are really important protocols. Like, for example, the parent has to go to a baptism class mm-hmm. or the godparent needs to go to a baptism class. Um, and they need, to, they need to embrace the formation as we have it set in place. Um, But at the end of the day, sometimes, on occasion, there are some circumstances that would say, look, I'm going to have to give these people a private baptism class, and it's going to be a conversation that I have with them in my office. Because getting the baby baptized is more important than the baptism classes. We want everybody to go to the baptism classes that need to take a baptism class. This is part of the... uh, the catechetical life of the church that that there is this this need to learn about what the fir- what the church teaches what the faith teaches that there is this need for us to know what is it that we believe right. so we 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 have to have catechesis um but at the end of the day uh people's souls are even more important than the catechesis. 100%. Uh, at the end of the book of um, of canon law, the church has this thing called canon law, and it's all of the sort of uh, 
laws and, and rules and sort of uh, protocols that the church embraces to be the church, the church universal. And the very last canon in the Code of Canon Law says, and I'm paraphrasing it now, so all of you canonists out there, please don't hold me Father to account. Father Doug Jeffers. Hold me, don't hold me to account for this, uh, this <laughs> paraphrase. But the last canon in the Code of Canon Law says, all of these canons are for one purpose, the salvation of souls. Mm-hmm. That is why canon law exists. And so all of this church stuff that we do, as important as it is, it is really important to have beautiful liturgy. Mm-hmm. As you heard in my homily a couple of weeks ago, prayer is work. Yeah. And we are here to work. This is what the liturgy is. It's the work of the people. Right. It is really important to have beautiful music. Pope Benedict says that beauty is the closest approximation to God. So that when you hear something beautiful, it's almost as if you're, you're, you're at a window looking in on God and you can see God in that beauty. It's very important to have beautiful music. It's very important to have um, fraternal organizations as ministries. The Knights of Columbus, the Women's Club, the Guadalupanas. It's really important to have these groups because this is part of being church too. Yeah. Um, it's really, really important to have... Uh, a food pantry and a social ministries department. It's really important to have a school. It's really important to have early childhood development center. This is, these are all really important things. Yeah. They all exist for one reason, the salvation of souls. Absolutely. I mean, that's why the church, that's why the church exists, right? We're the church uh, militant, the church on earth, working back towards heaven. And so while you're talking, I keep thinking of relationship, right? We exist to be in relationship. That's the human person. That's our, that's our call, but also like, that's what the Trinity is. That's what we're going towards. And so when I hear you talk, Father, it's like being church is knowing somebody, knowing your parishioners, knowing each other so deeply and intimately that we know what the other person needs. Absolutely. So that we can be yeah. Christ to that person. That's correct. And, you know, if we're on staff, maybe that means expediting a baptism yeah. or we're yeah. going to someone who when they're in need. But but it's all about, to me, it. it it means loving that other person and knowing what they need and serving them as Christ would serve them. Exactly. So uh, as as sort of the father of this community, yeah. um, you know, like a good dad would always say, no, 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 we're going to have dinner at six o'clock every day. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone in here, wash your hands, get yourself ready for dinner, sit at your place, and we're going to have dinner at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, there could be a situation where we're not able to have dinner at six o'clock. And a good dad is able to be flexible in that and say, okay, today we're not going to have the dinner at six, but we are tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that, sure. because that yeah. is the the way that we live. Mm-hmm. And so this is what a good pastor does. A good pastor is able to say, we need those protocols. We need all of the things that uh, that we do as church, liturgy, ministry, social action. We need all of those things. But all of those things are at the service of the salvation of souls. That's what they're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I was thinking about, you asked me, Elisa, what's the deal with, oh, we're not here playing church, we're being church. Um, there is this beautiful theological concept that um, we are the mystical body of Christ. Mm-hmm. That we know that the real body of Christ, the, 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 the definitive body of Christ, is the bread and the wine that becomes the body and blood of Christ at the Eucharist. And we know that. But St. Augustine said that we become what we consume. So when we go to Holy Communion, we become the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that is another way of looking at being church, that this isn't just a um, a sociological enterprise. St. Louis Catholic Church isn't just a, a, a cultural center. 
Um, no, this is actually a moment in our lives through the reception of Holy Eucharist where we actually become the mystical body of Christ. And so then it ceases to be anything that we're choreographing. It ceases to be anything that we are quote unquote planning. Mm -hmm. Church ceases to be something that we do mm. and it becomes something that we are. Yeah. That's what being church means. It's interesting that you say that because I, I felt myself on Sunday. I was a, a lector and I was sitting in the front row and I was watching everything. And your homily, of course, was just, it was deeply moving. And I got a little bit of tears in my eyes. And I was looking at, because when you sit in the front on the chapel side, you can actually see everyone a little bit better. And I was looking out and it, it, there's so many people that have become like family to me. And I actually had the thought that I'm like, this place has saved me, you know, the it, many times in my life. And so it's not the walls that have saved me or, you know, the pretty, you know, banners that we have or the beautiful floral arrangements. It's actually the, the people, the, yeah. ch the people being church over in my, my father, uh, Father James, who shepherds us, and right. my brothers and sisters, I felt very clearly at that moment that just being with these people yeah. and going through the motions of life through really hard times and through joyful times has really saved my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. That, yeah, it's interesting that you say that because for me, as a celibate, um, the word celibacy means uh, living a life um, without being married. So priests, as you know, we take a vow of celibacy, a promise of celibacy. So we're never going to get married. Uh, and yet we're still human beings. And so how do we live our lives not having a, a family like, like you have a family, Elisa? Uh, and so one of the ways for me that I live out that celibacy is that I really take this title of father that you say to me really seriously. What do good dads do? Good dads um, provide for their family. Good dads fix things around the house when they're broken. Good dads teach their family. Good dads spend time with their family. Good dads protect their family. Good dads teach their family. And so for me, when I think about um, this being church and this idea that you're talking about of family, I mean, it really is like I really feel like I'm the father of this family. And I do, I try to do all of those things that good dads do. And that actually helps me to be a healthy celibate. Uh, because when someone says, oh, father, you're never going to get married. My answer is always, yeah, I know. But look, I have this huge family. And on Sunday mornings when it's mass time, you might have noticed that both myself and Father Jesse and Father Doug were always standing outside yeah. to say hello to people. We're not doing, they're not doing that because I've ordered them to do that. In fact, if anything, I told them, hey, listen, guys, when you can be out there in the narthex to shake hands with people and say hello, but if you can't be there, that's okay too. I'm not going to mandate that you're there at every Mass. And yet, almost every single Mass, all three of us are there mm -hmm. because we see that we are fathers. That's what being church is. It doesn't mean that the trappings of the church aren't important, art. I mean, that's one of the most important things that our church gives to the world, this absolutely. patrimony of beauty that yes, the church has, has, has stewarded through the, the 2,000 years of being the church. This is really, really important. Mm -hmm. These are important things, but they're not as important as being church. That's what being church means. 
And I think it has to, to color everything that we do. It has to affect everything that we, that we do as people here, uh, as employees of the church, how yeah. we, how we do our jobs. So going back to that idea of, um, of, uh, the mystical body of Christ, uh, it's so interesting. Thomas Merton, he says, until you find your true vocation in life, you're forever trying to live. But when you find yeah. your vocation, you stop trying to live and you just live. Yeah. And awesome. so this is, and there was, so, it, it is so interesting. There was this, uh, there was this time I was saying mass when I was a young priest and maybe it was about six months into my priesthood. And, uh, the first six months I was really trying to follow the rubrics and, and really concentrating on when I should bow, when I should genuflect, when do I incense or oh, what's coming next in the liturgy. Uh, and then it was just like, one Sunday, like this light turned on and I stopped trying to celebrate mass and I just celebrated mass and it just happened. Just so, so now you might notice like when I celebrate mass, my goal as a presider over the liturgy is to retain the form and the beauty of the liturgy and follow the rubrics because they're there for a reason. But my, my, my intent is to do that in such a way that it seems natural and so that's my goal. And I don't know if that happens. I mean, you guys can tell me if that actually seems that way. Yeah, nine times I... out of ten, sure. <laughs> Thank you, I'm Tom. Kidding. Thank you. <laughs> Except that one time when you tripped over the step. <laughs> Did you do that? <laughs> Never. You, you had it's the relics in your hand time. and you were carrying the relics. <laughs> and, you, and you tripped over the step. No. So, so, this is, so this is what I think being church is. Yeah, I think that's really wise. And I, while, while you were talking, I was thinking that we spend so much time in our everyday lives just acting. Right. Like when I'm here, sometimes I need to act like an administrator or sure. you know, people out in the world have to act at their jobs or act in their homes. And church is the one place where you can come and just Merton says this too, right? You can just be who you were created to be. You yeah. can just be who you are. He says a saint is someone who is who they were created to be. That's oh, exactly oh my right. Goodness. That's a, <gasps> ridiculous. To be who you were created to be. And with, with all your quirks and whatever, God loves you. Yeah. And God wants us here. And it's refreshing that we can just come. It doesn't mean that everything we do is okay, but it's refreshing that we can just come and be here and that we're loved by God yeah. no matter what. You know, that's one of my favorite things about St. Louis is that it is so incredibly diverse. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, when you look out there, and it's wonderful for me and Father Jesse and Father Doug to be able to do this because we are privileged to be able to preside over the liturgy, yeah. uh, to preside over the work of the people. That's what the liturgy means. Mm -hmm. And so as we're standing up there and we're looking out, like say during the Gloria or something like that, I just look out and I say, this is an amazing body of Christ. Uh, people from all different walks of life. We have people, of course, from from the United States. We have people from Mexico and Central America, people from Africa, people from Asia, uh, people from, of course, Europe. Uh, we have uh, uh, business owners. We have uh, blue-collar workers. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have people that literally come to Mass here who don't have homes. Right. They, they, they're just living in North Austin on the streets, and they choose to come here for Mass on Sunday. And when they sit in the pew, this is incredible, they become part of the body. They are part of the body of Christ. Yeah. And it is so beautiful to see that um, there is no distinction. You know, we heard that in the book of James from the second reading this last week. Yeah. Make no distinctions. No, make, no, make no distinctions that this is the body of Christ. It's an incredible thing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's really beautiful. I actually was talking uh, with Tom right before you came about, uh, I, I have this tendency, I was telling him, to um, really kind of uh, gravitate towards the people in the uh, in the parish that uh, are awesome, that I love and that I know, which is like everybody, but, <laughs> but, but that I want to challenge myself to um, actually gather more, to approach people that I don't necessarily know, to invite more people into this being church situation. And I feel like that's uh, where we can all grow is that there are parishioners that are amazing here and that we love to chat with and talk with after mass, but also to push ourselves to welcome in the stranger or the visitor or the, to really uh, make them uh, honor their part in the body of Christ as well, because sometimes we forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was on pastoral year at the cathedral. That's where I did my pastoral year. And there was a guy who, uh, who was living on the streets. I think he was living behind. Uh, the Fox News station because there was a, uh, an air vent back there that kept him warm during mm-hmm. the winter time, and he would come to mass at the cathedral every uh, Sunday, and everyone kind of started getting to know him. Yeah, and I had been at the cathedral for about five months on my pastoral year, and I was uh, I'm a I'm a bicyclist uh, I'm an intermediate level bicyclist, <laughs> and so the I best was mediocre bicyclist. Yes, yeah, so I was on my bike, and uh, I was rolling down. Uh, 10th Street down towards Congress and I turned left to go down Congress on my bike route and I actually saw him at this coffee house uh, just sitting out out there and as I, I just instinctually did this, it was almost as if like, Tom, if you were standing out there or if Elisa, if you were standing out there, I just I just yelled out his name, Stephen, what's up? <laughs> and I went on my ride yeah. and he waved back at me and then as I was riding, I was like, well, yeah, he's my friend. Yeah. He's not, he's part of my church. That's what being church is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I just, this was good. This You've blown her really, mind. Really, You've yes, blown her mind. It's really, really good. Thanks father. It's uh, you know, we hear you say it from the pulpit mm-hmm. a couple times, uh, a couple times a year, you know, what does it mean to be a church? couple times a homily, but it's nice to, it's like, but it's, uh, how many times are we going to have Thomas Merton quotes? No, Thomas Merton is good, man. Yes. He's, he'll get I mean, his day he in the speaks, sun. He speaks my love language. Like that's, he'll get his yeah. day in the sun one of these yeah. days. <laughs> no, but it's, it's good to kind of get into. Oh, by the way, you should tell father Doug that I quoted Thomas Aquinas in my homily oh, yes. this last weekend. <laughs> I feel like father I need Doug was already, right father away. Doug was already off on his vacation. He'll be so proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> say, oh, FYI, father James quoted Aquinas in his homily. It was really good, by the way. You guys should listen to it. It was. Yeah. So uh, thanks for being with us, Father. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys are doing an amazing job on this podcast. Thank you. I, I hope that I, I hope people are listening because it really is quite good. I'm very, very impressed. And we are so lucky to have both of you on our team here at St. Louis. You guys, um, you're my co-workers mm-hmm. in the vineyard here. And, um, you and guys, we are honored. You guys are bringing to. about a bountiful harvest. So I'm really proud of you. Thank you so for all you do. Thanks, Father. Right back at you. Great priests. So if you liked this episode, what you can do is you can like and subscribe to the Being Church podcast. Please like this episode. Thank you. <laughs> the pastor would like you to like yes. this episode. Tell your friends all about it. Um, we love you guys. We're praying for you. And uh, go be church. <laughs> <laughs>